Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Chef Hike, and we're back again with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. And this time, we have a great guest, Chris Wallace. Every week, we have a great guest. But Chris is going to be not just great, he's going to be exceptional. And he is the co-founder and president of Interview. Not like interview for a job, but inner as an inside view. We're going to talk about basically how we keep our front line uh, as a brand ambassador. He'll tell you more about that in a moment. But a couple of quick announcements. And if you heard the show, you know what they are. If you've got an amazing story that you want to share or you have a question that you want to ask. And if it's a question, use the hashtag AskShep and just show up on any of the social media channels because I'm pretty much about everywhere. And I will answer that question if you have a question, either right there in the social media channel on my newsletter I, I write every week, uh, perhaps on this show or on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or go home, and you can find that show. Episodes are on Amazon Prime, uh, Apple TV, Roku, and if you go to beamazing.tv, that's beamazing.tv, you can catch episodes there as well. All right, let's jump into the interview. This is great. I love everything Chris is talking about because essentially we're going to be talking about how you move uh, your message to the front line, through the front line, to the customer and ensure that that front line is truly your brand ambassador. Chris Wallace, welcome to the show. Shep, thanks so much for having me on today. All right. So did I get it right? I mean, isn't that what it's about is making sure that your front line gets the message and acts appropriately? Yeah, I think that the um, people don't realize necessarily that the people who talk to your customers, the people who represent you, they're a gatekeeper of your message in so many different ways. And I know that we like to think that just because people get a paycheck from the brands that they represent, that it means that they are going to be able to deliver every message perfectly or that their training is going to stick perfectly. But we all know that that's not necessarily the case. So it's really looking at them as, a, as, a, as an audience in a different type of way through a different lens and helping understand how we can really put them in a position to deliver that message in a convincing way. Yeah. So you've got this concept called the gap. And my version, I have several versions I've written about the gap. Sometimes the gap is between what executives and leadership think the customer experiences versus what the customer actually thinks. Oftentimes there's this large gap. And obviously the company executives think they are much better typically than the customer thinks. That's a big gap. Sometimes there's a gap between uh, the goal that you're trying to achieve and what you actually do achieve. And people tend to freak out over the gap as opposed to celebrate that they got closer to the goal. But your gap is completely different. And it's really about the marketing message that the company promotes to its customers versus what the frontline teams actually deliver. And that's what this is about. 
Yeah, and I'm actually going to relate it back to the first one you said, Shep, which is the gap between what frontline leaders think their experience is and what customers think their experience is. I think that it's 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 related to that. They might not be the same, but they're in the same family. Mm-hmm. But what we're doing is we're taking that whole concept of an organization has designed their strategy, they design their brand, they've designed their experience. And I think experience and brand, I'll almost use those interchangeably throughout this conversation because I think they're so linked. But the corporate team has, they're the architects, they've built it and they have a perception of what, what they've created. And they hope that that's been based on what customers want or what, what, what the customer's expectations are. Um, but the leadership team is so oriented in a lot of cases to the customer and they're focused on the customer, but there's another stakeholder involved. So I won't say that it's completely different than what you shared your gap is. I just think that it's it's looking at the gap through a slightly different lens, which is that frontline team. There's the, here's what we think it is. Here's what our customers think it is. But the people who live in the trenches every day, they have a unique perspective on what that customer experiences, what that brand promises. They're getting that feedback from customers. They're seeing how those decisions are made in real time. So we just look at it as another valuable input to help leaders make better decisions. Yeah, I I like that. You actually had a great line that we talked about before uh, we jumped on and officially started recording. Uh, Something about the the message on the billboard. I, I want you to share that because I think that really ties a nice bow around what we're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, I think that let's look at this from a marketing perspective. So we talk about brand, but brand encompasses so many different things, like I mentioned earlier. But when you think about marketing, you think about the goal of marketers is it's really to reach the customer. It's really to, to, to drive demand, to catch interest, to capture mindshare and attention, to, to drive loyalty. That's what you're trying to do as a marketer. And you're having that conversation through a variety of different mediums. Could be a billboard, could be a television ad, could be a digital banner ad, could be an event. There's a lot of different ways to get that message out there. But when that message reaches the consumer directly from the marketing team, directly through advertising and things like that, it's setting an expectation. This is who we say we are. This is the promise that we are making. And that promise that the marketers are making externally, we encourage marketers to ask themselves, you know that you're making, you know the promise that you're making, but is that is that promise understood by your team? And is your team ready to deliver on that promise? Do they see that promise the same way that you do? Right before I got on the call, Chef, I was going through and I was looking at uh, comments from, from the frontline insights that we gather through our brand transfer study tool. And I'm looking at the comments and some of the comments are, please give us time to understand and digest what the marketing message is before you actually put it out to customers. That's what the, the, verbatim, it said, please give us some time to get comfortable with this before it's out over the airwaves. So that, that goes back to what you're raising here is this idea of we're great at putting in an advertisement, but how do we truly equip our people to make sure that they understand or align to that message, but can deliver it and deliver it in a confident way? Yeah, great. Uh, this is a great segue, not to promote one of my books, but to give you an amazing example about a company that I think does a great job. And I think it also ties into the fact that when you see a commercial from this company, oftentimes they'll mention how many JD Power Awards of Excellence for customer service they've had. And this company, uh, okay, I won't tell you the name of the company, but their initials are Ace Hardware. Okay. <laughs> okay. So why do I love Ace Hardware? First of all, they're a brand that everybody recognizes. And I wrote this book titled uh, Be, uh, or, uh, Amaze Every Customer Every Time. And uh, if you think about it, 
amaze is A, every customer, that's C, every time ACE. I just had fun with that one. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but this is what was interesting. Um, I was getting ready to write a book about who I, not about, I guess, using one company as a role model throughout the book. And I chose them for this reason. Number one, uh, when Business Week did a study of the top 25 iconic customer service brands, Ace Hardware was in the top 10, and they actually were one better than even the Ritz-Carlton. I was blown away by that. How could that, uh, how could they be better than the Ritz? But when you started to understand what they were about, it was amazing. Now, here's the issue. Uh, number one, Ace has about, well, they may, may have changed, but at the time I was writing the book, 4,700 stores worldwide, 75 different countries. Most of the stores are owned uh, by an individual, either owner, family, one Maybe yep. two stores, okay? Yep. That's a lot of moving parts and the, the ability to create this consistency. So I decided to, because they kept promising, Ace is the place, the helpful hardware place, plus they were rated so high, I started going into Ace hardware stores every time I had a speech in another, another city to see if an associate was going to walk up to me and ask me, what can I help you find today? Instead of just saying, good morning, can I help you? Okay. Big difference in those two questions. I wanted to see if they were living the billboard, living the brand, living what they were promising. Not everyone was, but I was amazed at the high, high, high percentage of stores that nailed it every time. Yeah. And, and I think that's what we're talking about. And that's the most important thing that if I'm a customer and you've got a hundred amazing people and 99, actually a hundred amazing people and the 101st person is not so amazing, and I get that person, that incongruency is going to erode my thought of the entire brand, even though it was only one out of 101. Does that make sense to you? It makes it makes complete sense. And I think Ace is, is a really good example of that. And I think that um, uh, Ace is they're, they're based in Chicago, right? They're, they're, they're yeah, based they're, they're, just outside so Chicago. It's not really it's they, I think of it as a franchise, although they're individual dealers that are hanging the banner of Ace that have been approved. Right, it's, it's a, a franchise business. Yeah, yeah it's it's it, right, and so so their their headquarters. I've driven by their their uh, their corporate headquarters a number of times, and the reason I bring that up is I, I went on a very memorable trip to Chicago a couple of years ago, and I probably passed their building five times. But uh, in back to back days, I met with with chief marketing officers, and um, from two recognizable brands, and the first day I had a conversation where we were talking about the approach that we take. And the CMO looked at me and she said, I have a lot of confidence that our agency is going to make sure that we talk the talk. My bigger concern is, are we going to walk the talk? Yeah. Are we going to walk the talk? And the second day I met with a CMO, a gentleman from a different industry. And he said, we, we were talking about what we do. And he said, so what I just heard from you is you can get my people to live the brand. And that walk the talk and live the brand in back to back days. I'll always remember that trip because that was really where it crystallized for me that people get this, they understand it. And while not every brand is doing this well now, from, from a customer experience standpoint, with customer experience becoming the new battleground in business, they're going to have to figure this out. The, the, the brand and customer experience are becoming synonymous. It's almost as if it's the same thing because it's shaping whether or not, to your point, people are going to be loyal. That one bad interaction could drive down loyalty. Brands have to figure this out. Right. And there's two things. Number one, most brands are promising a great experience, whether they're delivering it or not. Okay. And I would say many times customers are let down. 
Not so much because the brand didn't experience or didn't provide the experience the customer that they wanted the customer to have. But I believe it's because the customer's expectations are no longer of that brand and what they promise. I think the customer expectations come from the best company who created the most amazing service. That's the new standard in the bar that the customer expects. If you promise great service, well, you're going to be as great as whoever I thought great was. There's, there's no question. I, I completely agree. I actually, um, uh, I'm, I'm teaching a class this semester. I'm teaching a, an MBA marketing class and um, had class last night, in fact. And the conversation that we had was around um, value, right? When you think about what's more important in a marketing conversation, a brand conversation than value. And we talked about table stakes. And we talked about what I, what I just heard you say is the, the table stakes, what, what consumers sort of take as a given that you're going to deliver for me has gone up and up and up and up. The, the, what the, the, the base level that they expect from you has continued to go up. And really what they're looking for are the brands that can deliver an experience that surrounds whatever product they are buying. It's not about grills or, or garden tools at Ace, right? They expect they're going to find great great grills and great garden tools. Yeah. They can get those a lot of different places. It's who's going to deliver that extra layer of value. And the value really is around the experience at that point. And that's, again, that's where brands are going to win and lose. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I can go on and on about Ace because I studied them and I, I wrote an entire book that used, I mean, we interviewed about 80 to 90 of the owners plus just, I don't know how many executives up in their Chicago headquarters. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about your how you get frontline insights uh, and how you can improve based on what's happening on the front line. We'll be right back. This is Amazing Business Radio. We're talking to Chris Wallace. Don't go away. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Chris Wallace, the president of Interview, a marketing consulting firm that helps their clients align brand and product stories with what's actually happening on the front line when the front line is taking care of the customer. Are they doing it in the way that the brand promises that it will be done? And what I want to jump to now is how uh, we can use the front line people on the front line to gain insights that are actually going to improve the customer experience. You know, I, I hate to think that customer service is just a department. It's really a philosophy. And if we can embrace what's happening on that front line and permeate it up to uh, the executive level and the leadership level, I think the people in between that are going to benefit as well. There's no question. And I think that, you know, to, to my earlier point, Shep, I think that when we talk about frontline insights, we look at that as um, it's just a missing input. 
it, 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 there's, it's not really a magical potion here. It really is organizations invest a lot of money to understand their customer, their consumer. And leadership is making decisions based off of the data that they have, the market research, things like that. And, and that's all driven from the consumer, not from employees. From the consumer, right? What, right. what do our consumers want? What, let's make sure that we can get the consumers what we want. That drives messaging strategy. It drives branding strategy. It drives a lot of things. And we're not saying that should, the, the customer should really be the center of it. But when you think about getting great experiences and, and, and delivering on that brand promise, it does involve your frontline teams in a lot of cases. And they, they make the biggest impact on the customer's perception. So we want to know what they think too. And it, it's really that simple. We, we've built our, our brand transfer study process to be a tool that helps really understand what is happening in the trenches. What are their attitudes and perceptions toward the brand? We'll say to a marketer, you know what your customer thinks of you. Do you know what the person talking to your customer thinks of you? It's, it's, it's really that simple. Yep. Let's understand what their perception is, what their attitudes, what their perceptions, their biases are, because they're going to project those attitudes on your customer. So let's understand what they are. Let's get out ahead of it and use that as more intelligence that can help us make better decisions about how do we get our products, our services, and our experiences to market. All right. So I want to make sure I understand this because it's a little different than I originally had in my mind. Uh, I was thinking that the frontline insights are about what the frontline learns about what the customer is saying to relay back to leadership. But you're saying frontline insights is the perception the frontline has just as you would measure the perception of what is happening with the actual customer. So, um, so great did get, point. Did I get that right? You did. It's okay. not an or, it's an and. Okay. Okay. So um, whenever we work with a client, the, the client will look at the brand transfer study and they will say, somebody will come from the perspective of this is going to help me measure. And they'll ask, will this help me measure whether or not my message is getting down to the front lines? Or is this going to help me measure whether or not by gathering feedback from the front lines, whether or not my message is resonating? And the answer we give is yes. It's not an or. It's not an and. It, or, or, it, it, it's it's yeah, not, not an or, or, it's an and. Yeah. So it, it all depends on your orientation. Um, we, what we are doing, and we're actually expanding the, the tool, we're expanding our Frontline Insights platform to really make sure that the indicators and the, and the, and the data science that we're doing on this information um, allows you to, to, to look at it from both of those perspectives. So some people want to look at it in terms of they're not saying the right things, they're not acting the ways that we want. And if that's the case, we're going to learn that. And now we'll have a blueprint and a GPS of how to fix that. But the other process is if, if my message is not resonating, I want to know that from my frontline teams because I want to incorporate that back into my strategy. So um, it all depends on what orientation you bring into it. But the readout that we deliver actually allows you to do both of those things. It all depends on really what, what your starting point is. Yeah. And I would imagine if the frontline's not getting it, they're your own people. Surely you have to wonder whether the customer's receiving it. Uh, on their side. You know, you keep talking about this brand transfer or BTS score or whatever, as, I, as I'm looking at uh, some of my notes here. Let's talk a little bit about that because this is the actual measurement system that you use to understand if there is a gap. That's right. And, and really the best way to describe it is, you know, go back to that question of, you know what your customers think of you. Do you know what the people talking to your customers think of you? 
the BTS was really built on a, um, a princi the principles of market research. So rather than going out and, and gathering voice of the, the customer data, we're gathering voice of the internal customer or internal stakeholder and, and really measuring on a lot of the same attributes that you would ask for input from the consumer. So we're asking them to assess the products that they offer, the brand that they represent, the customer experience that they have to deliver. We're having them evaluate those things and provide feedback to their leadership team and, and something really interesting happens in doing this, okay? Um, when you, by asking them their input and treating them, looking at them as a, as a consumer of the message, not a, a messenger of the message, okay? Think mm -hmm. of them as a consumer first. If they consume it the way you want and they, they, they internalize it the way that you want, it's easier for them to then turn around and be the messenger. So we wanna understand how they're internalizing the message. So in doing that, you're giving them a voice in the process. As soon as you start asking the front lines to share their thoughts and opinions, you're automatically ahead of the game from where you were before, because that way the information is now flowing in both directions. It becomes this two-way dialogue that you've built with your frontline teams, as opposed to it being the proverbial, everything rolls downhill, so to speak. So by, by opening up this dialogue with the frontline teams, we always get the question, always get the same question. Are you get, do you get honest feedback or are people just telling you what they think that you, they think you want to hear? And it's amazing that the way our, the way our, our process is built is it's kind of ungameable. If, if they guess what you want to hear, then that's great. They know what they know the right answer or they know what the right message is, but it doesn't really play out that way. We are tapping into such incredibly candid feedback from frontline teams. They're so hungry to provide this feedback. This gives the company a scalable mechanism to gather the information and then be able to turn around and react to it and show the frontline teams, not only did we hear you, we listened to you, but we heard you, we made decisions and we acted upon your feedback. And now we're able to either get you improved support to deliver the customer experience or deliver the message, or to provide you better tools to be able to go out there and tell this message with confidence. So it's not only the act of gathering it that's valuable, it's showing them that we heard and building that trust with your frontline teams. Yeah. And to your point, which you said at the very beginning of this, uh, this concept that you brought up, all you have to do is just ask the front line and you're already ahead of the game. I wonder how many companies, uh, I think it's one thing, and I know that, you know, I've worked with clients where the executives will spend time on the front line. Uh, I know my first book that I wrote back in the 1980s, Moments of Magic, I talked about Anheuser-Busch would send executives to go out in a beer truck and drive around with the drivers, which is truly the front line. We're not just talking about customer support agents here. We're talking about yeah. through frontline sales, find out what's happening in the field. That's different, I think, because you're trying to get insights on what the customer's thinking, but asking your own people what they think, I think uh, gives, it's, it's a positive experience that, that the employees have meaning they don't just care about the customers. They care about me too on the front line dealing with this. They want to know my opinion. So excellent. We are almost out of time. And you know, I have my favorite question. By the way, before I ask you a favorite question, my one thing question, do you have any questions for me? <laughs> I know I put you on the spot. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that, um, I, listen, I think that there's going to be um, some further, you know, good follow-up conversations with, between us. I think that yep. I'm going to be seeking out your ACE book. I think that um, a lot of what you share in that book or what you previewed is going to resonate with me. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. Awesome. We'll do that. All right. The one thing question, here it comes. Is there one last nugget of information 
that you would like to share with us before we leave today? Yeah, I, I think that there is. And I think that based on, on where we, we, we sort of left off uh, here today, um, there's this idea of, you know, we talk about asking the front lines. As soon as you start asking, you're, you're, you're already ahead of the game. And it really comes down to the, the whole process that we're talking about, the whole philosophy is built on one simple concept. And that is, it's more important that people believe in the message than they know it. And most organizations are so focused on getting knowledge out to their front lines. How can we get the information to them? But what we're trying to do is treat that frontline audience, like I said, as the consumer. As soon as you start looking at them as an audience to be convinced of, of the message and convinced of the story that you were telling, as opposed to just be knowledgeable about what they're supposed to say, um, that's where you unlock real results. That's where you unlock real connections with your customers, because there's nothing better than dealing with, with somebody on the front lines who serves you that truly believes and cares about the brand that they represent. So that would be my one last nugget is truly look at that, that frontline audience as a group to be convinced, not just to be told and informed. I, I think that's a fantastic way of looking at it. And it's the way, you know, we've been talking with all of the issues happening with employee um, employees leaving, this whole concept of the great resignation, if you want to call it that. It's the difference between employees that are working for a paycheck, those are the ones that leave, and those that are working for the company because they love the company, they love the way the company treats them and respects them. And that's exactly what you're talking about there. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Chris, for being on our show today. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. And you have definitely been amazing. That's Chris Wallace, the president of Interview. And ladies and gentlemen, next week, we will have another great interview. That's what we do here. So I hope you come back. And until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>